Sarah with you and we've got Cheryl Shaw joining us. Welcome, Cheryl. Hello, Sarah. And we've got Dr. David Tapperett. How are you, David? Good, thanks, Sarah. Now, for our regular listeners, they would know that each week, Cheryl, you wear a brooch and we like to guess what the topic is. Now, normally it's me guessing and I thought, how rude, you're not including anyone. So today we've taken a little photo of your brooch and we've put it up on Facebook. (laughs) Jump on and have a little guess what Cheryl might be discussing in just a couple of minutes. Mm, Don't you give it away, David. I'm not sure. It's a very, it's a homemade one today, it isn't is, it, Cheryl? It is. Very creative. <laughs> and, of course, we're going to talk all things pet. We're having a giggle, Cheryl. Every week uh, you do a different topic, which we will discuss in just a couple of minutes, but you give us clues. Like you leave little breadcrumbs, and that is in the form of the brooch that you wear. I do. I tease you. You tease us, and today was such a cracker of a brooch. It's homemade that I had to take a photo and put it on Facebook, and it, I've asked people to tell us what they think. Adam has said worming tablets. Uh, Kim said love pet chat. Oh, thank oh, that's you, nice. Kim. Tracy, need a close-up, please. I have put a close-up under the comments, Tracy. Sue, tick medication. Joanne, pet antibiotics. Alicia, pet prescription. Vitamins, specimen jar. Oh, it's oh, exciting. That- yeah, so it is something what's, in that. All in of the, these new topics I can do, What's David? in the specimen jar? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, they are good topics, yes. <laughs> so, look, we're going to tease you just for a little bit longer, but when we come back, we are discussing whatever that brooch is in regards to. But, David, what are we talking about mm. a little later on today? I don't have a brooch. Yeah, so. well, you need to get with the times. Mm. Clearly. Mm. So I wanted to talk about boas. Boas, boas yes. Boas is brachycephalic obstructive airway syndrome. Okay. And it's Doesn't a sound common good. problem getting more frequent. Uh, a lot of these dogs need surgery to get things fixed. Are we talking pugs and mm, breeds like now, that? Now you're Little thinking. French yes. bulldogs, those yes. sort? Mm, okay. All right. We'll talk about that as well. And, of course, you're here to answer any questions, aren't you, David? It, you know, as long as it's about pets. Oh, I'll... Take on any subject, but <laughs> that's, that's, that's my you. area of expertise. Yes. Uh, thank you to everyone who's jumped on Facebook to have a bit of a play with us. We've been uh, getting you to write your comments. We took a photo of Cheryl's brooch today. You always wear a brooch that pertains to the topic you'll be discussing. It's a homemade brooch today, and we've had so many people guess things like vitamins, tick medication, worming tablets, antibiotics. What are we discussing today, Cheryl? What is that brooch? Okay, well, it's all about some dogs and cats will not take any tablets. So it's very, very difficult for some people to administer medication to their dog or cat. It can be a nightmare, Mm. can't it, for for some pet owners? It can. So I thought we'd talk about a few things, a few ways to go about trying to make sure that you can administer the medication that your vet prescribes for you. And you've got a little pill bottle on your brooch. It's just fantastic. Yeah. Is it an Avalon one? Is it labelled? Actually, no. Um, Avalon hasn't been on medication for a while. So this is a really old one. This was my dog, Archie. And Archie passed at the beginning of the year. But I still had a little container there. So out it came, up the glue gun and all. Way we went. Oh, beautiful! It's very creative. So yes, how do we how do we uh, give our pets tablets when they do not want to take them? Well, one of the things is that pets are really good at. at- Checking on you, when you come up with the the tablet to give the dog, often they sense that you're apprehensive about administering the Mm. tablet. So they read your body language and they go, "Uh uh-uh, I'm not going to take that because 
of your wary intentions. So when you're giving medication, a really great idea is to try to camouflage it a little bit, and there's some great ways to do that. One of the ways is trying a little bit of peanut butter. Now, it's going to depend on your pet's taste. So if you can wrap the tablet in a little bit of peanut butter and get the pet to take it. Sometimes you can use cream cheese, but I've got ah. a great way that I like to um, give tablets. And I had a dog for many years who had to have medication to stay alive, and he was right into craft sliced cheeses. So what I would yes, do... Yes, because they all stick. That you yeah, need it to stick to, stick the, to the tablet. Tablets. But some dogs are so good at making sure that they actually eat the cheese but they don't eat the tablet and what will happen you'll think that they've taken it and that the medication's gone down but what will actually occur that you'll find either the tablet stuck in their jowl so in the side of their mouth sometimes you'll find it in their fur you might even find it on the floor so it's really important that you know that your pet has taken yeah, it yeah you kind of got to stand over them and, yeah. and watch them swallow absolutely now with the cheese it's important to be organized and ready to do it so what you do you slip make um, three slips or strips of cheese in the middle one roll the tablet and the other two roll up so you've got to be really fast at giving it so you give the first one they eat it down very quickly the second one with the tablet in it they take it and then you've got the third tablet um the third tablet the third piece of cheese so that they're going boom 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 eating that cheese really quickly so that there's not an opportunity for them to spit out that very tablet mm. because dogs have an innate um, ability to be able to taste anything that's bitter and because um to survive they're they're very wary about if anything has a bitter taste so they won't eat anything that they're a little bit unsure of but another thing is some tablets can't be crushed either and often people think, oh, I'll just crush it and put it over the food. Um, so you need to make sure with your veterinarian that that tablet that you've been prescribed can be crushed. Another thing is to, to check what the medication is for because, you know, sometimes um, some people don't understand what they've got to do with the medication. David, some food has got to, um, some tablets has to be given with food and some without. And That's, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so, so you, why is that? So different uh, medications will be digested and absorbed in different environments. So, for instance, when a dog eats, their stomach empties faster than if they haven't eaten. So if you give them a tablet on an empty stomach, the tablet may sit in the stomach for longer. Right. Whereas if they've eaten, it will move into the small intestine. So this depends on where the medication uh, and the molecule size inside the medication is actually absorbed. If if it's absorbed in the small intestine, then you don't want it to sit in the stomach. And, you know, there are also the effect of acid on some of these medications that yeah. you mentioned about, you know, you shouldn't crush certain tablets because they might have a coating on them. And if you do crush them, then what happens is when the medication gets to the stomach, it's inactivated. Ah, that's an so, interesting one, isn't yes. it? Yeah, so you'd really do have to check with your vet whether you can crush it and how that tablet must be given. And another thing too, often people don't complete the course. It's just like with our own medication. You need to make sure that you follow through and complete the medication. So the, mm. that is something you need to do because often I'm a, I'm, I'm a believer through, through no documentation or experience of when it's the symptom's gone, I oh, stop it. Oh, no. That's a big no-no? No. Yeah, that's a big no-no. Oh. Follow follow the prescription mm. uh, as it as the vet's written for you, or for your pet, because um, yeah, Cheryl's absolutely correct. We need to make sure we follow the instructions. A lot of these tablets, various medications, you know, too many to go into in detail. But for instance, there is some medication that if you stop it fast, 
like you're giving it, giving it, giving it day after day after day, and then you just stop, mm. that can actually trigger a reaction. Right. So some of these medications, we taper them off. Yes, yep. Right. Because, every second day or yeah, you know, yeah. it goes down and, in and that's Yeah, that's to allow the body to kind of take over that role okay. that the medication was doing. So, yeah. yeah, absolutely. And the other thing too is sometimes people try to give their pet a tablet but they can't get it into their mouth. So with a dog, it's really important to make sure if you're placing that tablet that you go over the tongue. There's sort of when the, the dog's tongue is in its mouth, there's like a little hump. If you try to get your finger down and place the tablet behind that, that little hump, the dog will usually then swallow mm. it. Lift the, the um, head of the dog up hold the mouth closed and just rub underneath the jaw. Often that will, you know, induce them to swallow. Now, I'm going to tell you my secret. Yeah. Just between the three of us here. Okay, no one else. So what we do is, um, first of all, is point their nose at the sky. Mm. And Cheryl's absolutely correct. You've got to be set up to start with because if you get your dog and then you go, oh, where's the pill? Yeah. You turn (laughs) around to get the pill out, (laughs) the dog's gone. (laughs) Yep. And And the anxiety's kicked in. That's the same. So if you point their nose at the sky, their jaw muscles actually weaken and so it'll be easier to open their mouth. And also that way if I'm holding the pill and I accidentally drop it, it's probably going to go in their mouth. Yeah. 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 And this is for when you're not giving it in food, for instance. Yeah. So right? when you can't give it in food for, for whatever reason. Yeah. Although I just want to add a sidebar there. Most of the time, and I, any vets want to correct me, that's fine. But my advice to people is even if it's a medication that we say don't give with food, if you want to put peanut butter or a bit just of cheese. Just a little bit to get it in. That's yeah. fine. Okay, good. Because yeah. at the end of the day, we need these pets to take the tablet. Yeah. You know, giving a cat a tablet is, is um, quite... Well, here here we go. I brought one in <laughs> to show how to do it. But make, making sure that you um, use a pill popper, they're fantastic. Oh. You know, that little claw, it holds onto it and then you just plunge away and that tablet goes a in. A pill popper? Yeah, yeah the best thing ever. Oh, you yeah. buy, like it's something that you shove in the cat's, want, for want of a better <laughs> Gen- word, place, gently place, gently place gently in the place, cat's Sarah. mouth and yeah. then, right. you know, fire off or whatever Yeah, the because cat's be. bites are quite nasty and we, we do need to make sure they've got their medication when they're um, needing to have it. But if you get a pill popper, you place the pill in the end of the little claw, push the plunger, and that will go into the mouth without you putting your mm. fingers in there. Some great advice today, Cheryl. The other, Cheryl said about rubbing under the jaw. That'll work. The other thing I do is a puff of air blow onto their nose, mm-hmm. and it ah. makes them swallow. Yes. And I, I learned that from a uh, – yeah. You must be a vet. Get you paid are good. the big dollars. <laughs> uh, I learned that from a paediatrician because he said it works for babies. Mm. makes you swallow and that's what we're trying to do yeah now john welcome to the show you've got an eight-year-old maltese and you're having a bit of trouble uh giving him next card yeah uh, i've tried every bit of camouflage in the book cheese dog food everything you know yeah and he just spits it out won't take it uh so now i force it down his throat which he's he's got no option then i just want to know whether the next card is effective after I do that. After all that trouble. Um, <laughs> well, look, I, we were just having a bit of a chat. Uh, we saw your message come up here, and so we were talking about this because uh, it, this is an experience. My dog uh, I have on NextGuard, and she's not real keen on it. And we do get it in to her, but it takes me about half a day. So... Uh-huh. Um, 
and you know I break it up I do exactly what you're saying is you try it with different treats and everything and exactly what Cheryl was saying before you give them a bit of the a cheese and then you give them the next card wrapped in cheese and of course they lick and with their tongue they'll get the cheese off it and then drop the next card on the floor so um and then Cheryl just said what do you do for Avalon Uh, now well I I make him have it I force it down just the same yeah just the same as John's doing is just give it to him um and I we talked about this last week uh next card's one of the products it's a isoxazaline um insecticide and we have good evidence that it's reduced the incidence of tick poisoning along the east coast of Australia by approximately 70%. So it is uh, a fantastic product in terms of, you know, keeping your pet safe, keeping your dog safe, and um, anyone in our area, I think, along the coast where we do know ticks are a problem uh, and we're seeing them quite commonly now. It's uh, September is tick month. And so you've got to be onto it. You've got to have that prevention there. So... Look, just stick with it. it. You can try all those things. Maybe you'll find something that'll tempt him, but otherwise I think just make sure he gets it. So, yeah. And they're fussy. Once they turn their nose up, they're not coming back. Mm, I know, I know. But it's very important, and you've got to do it all year round yeah. with tick preventatives. It's not just like... Just once a month. Well, that's right. And you don't have mm. to... It's But you can't stop, you know, February, March. Yeah. So you just got yeah. to stick with it. Okay. It's Pet Chat. Bernadette, welcome. You've got a four-month-old puppy and she does some nervous weeing. Yeah, that's correct. Um, even she, when she's excited, when you come home, she'll dribble and if she's done something naughty, you don't even have to find it. She'll just look at you and dribble and, yeah, we're just wondering, is it something she'll grow out of or is it something we can do that can prevent it? We don't, if you raise, like, we very rarely raise our voice at her because she seems to get anxious with um, mm. the loud voice. So I can even, I just walked in the door and she, they've pulled, there's three dogs we've got at home. Mine's 10 year old, 11 year old, and then we've got an 18 month old male Kelpie and Lola, the four month old female Kelpie. And um, she's pulled the stuffing out of a stuffed toy. And I've walked in and I haven't, didn't even say anything. I've just, looked and she just did a nervous wee and I was just yeah is Mm. there anything we can do um so Bernadette just one other question which uh can help me out here that is what about when she's asleep what happens then does she have any urination or dribbling on the bed okay and is it only small drops that are coming out or is it a like a Um, reasonable puddle it depends Mm. um sometimes it's just small drops um, the other day, um, I was sitting on my lounge with my dog and I walked out of the kitchen and when I came back, she was sitting in my seat and all I did was walk in and put my hands on my hips and she just weed all over the lounge, a really big patch. Oh dear. So, yeah. Um, okay. I didn't um, even say anything to her. <laughs> so the reason I ask is that I, I think that this will be a thing that she will grow out of. I think it's a maturity of her nervous system. Um, And, look, bladder control is really, really interesting area. It has a number of different levels of control. There's an automatic control, which we call the autonomic nervous system. But there is also uh, the brain's ability to consciously override that as well. So the muscles as well in the bladder can be affected and um, could be a maturity thing. 
But at the same time, the reason why I kind of just cautious about it is that there's a condition in dogs called an ectopic ureter uh, that we in female dogs, and this is where normally the ureters, which come from the kidney, so the kidneys filter the blood and produce urine, and it travels down the ureters and it enters into the bladder. Um, mm-hmm. Well, some of them, what happens is that the ureter bypasses the bladder and it actually enters into further for, uh, caudal into the vagina, which then means that they're leaking urine. Uh, and it can happen at odd times. Um, yep. It doesn't sound like that's the case, but that's just the well, only We've had other it for thing. about six weeks. We've yep. had it for about six weeks, and she um, seemed a little difficult to house train. Um, she would still wee inside every now and then, but she's for the last two weeks, she's been really good. She just yep. goes outside and does her wees and her poos now, no worries. But it's just this, just yeah, you walk in the door, if she's excited, yep. she'll do it. Yep. If you walk in the door and she's done something she knows that she shouldn't have done before you even find it, you just or you go in and you see it, she'll just roll on her back and wee. I, I think we're going to find that, you know, in two weeks' time, this problem will disappear. But I would say maybe up to a couple of weeks to months. Uh, and I think it's just going to be a maturity thing. I think she'll get over that pretty quickly. Thank you so much, Bernadette. We appreciate the call. Let's go to Andrew now. Uh, welcome, Andrew. You've got an 11-year-old cross Kelpie, and he's not eating. No, she's not. Um, she's she's not, also sorry. very special. She's the only dog that's ever been in the Prime Minister's office and kissed him on Valentine's Day on his lounge. How did she uh-huh. manage that? No, I just want to... One, which... one of the victims of which... child sexual abuse, and <laughs> we walked 500 k's in 30 days. Oh, my and goodness. And we met Scott Morrison at the end of it. We walked through Newcastle, and wow. that's why we're here. Oh. We slept on the side of the road and were in parks, and people said, weren't you, weren't you worried? And I look at her, and I look at them and go, no. No, yeah, you got to, mate. my service dog because of, of uh, my PTSD. Yeah. Oh, this now, is an amazing story. I'll get your number later so we can interview you tomorrow morning. Yeah. But that's, that's yeah, right. <laughs> I mean that, actually. I'll put you on yeah, hold. Yeah, um, we've been on, I think, 13 radio stations across three states and newspapers and stuff. So have more than happy to and send your photos and all that sort of stuff. Beautiful. But anyway, we uh, need help. You need help. Yeah. I do. She's, um, last year she had a double infection in her liver and a pancreas. pancreas. Yeah. Um, I think her, her pancreas is playing up again. I took her to a vet on the weekend uh, last Friday. Uh, the medication he gave me made her throw up, uh, so I stopped that. Yeah. And she she isn't throwing up now. Um, she's losing muscle mass. Like obviously her body's drawing from her muscles, and you know, trying to 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 work with this uh, pancreas. Yeah. Um, um, just drinking. Yes. She, she hasn't eaten since Thursday. So. Since Thursday. Oh, okay. Lastly, yeah. Oh, wow. Um, Even barbecue chicken, which you normally tear my arm off together. Yeah, well, that's, I mean, that's the thing that we use in our hospital with uh, dogs that are recovering from surgery or they're not eating and we um, give them barbecue chicken because it's so tempting. Um, Andrew, your dog has done an amazing feat to uh, keep up with you and, and, you know, push through and do all these uh, travels um, for your cause, which is fantastic. And now... We've got this problem now. As you said, the the previous problem was pancreas and liver, and these two things yep. go together. Uh, most dogs with pancreatic disease will be vomiting, but not all. 
um, but it's about 90%. Um, and I guess the question is that when we're not eating, obviously it's not just because she doesn't want to because dogs, we know they love food. They might kind of say, oh, I'm not feeling 100% today, but then tomorrow they're back on it. Um, yeah. So clearly there's something there that's wrong. And a lot of the time, you know, we could start with some various treatments and things like that, but they're pretty generic. So I think we would say, you know, we need to look at a blood test. Um, in some dogs, not eating such a vague symptom that it could be related to so many other body systems and certainly the gastrointestinal tract. So, you know, the pancreas and liver are adjacent to the gastrointestinal tract and affect it greatly. And if we've got some pre-existing disease, then it might be something there that's flaring up, as you said. But uh, I'd also want to go looking and make sure there's nothing else. And so a blood test is very useful, but also with this sort of problem, uh, an ultrasound or an X-ray to look at the actual gut itself. It's a bit of a yeah. complicated area, and I appreciate that you, you know, traveling, traveling through. Cost me $5,000 last year. Last year, yeah. It's a, yeah. It can be a big problem. So I would say, you know, probably need to go back to the vet um, and follow up because some blood tests and uh, imaging by way of an ultrasound. We see dogs, I see dogs all the time that have got pancreatic disease and, um, you know, we'll see it on X-ray, uh, sorry, not on X-ray, on ultrasound. And this is one of the difficulties. They can be really really hard to diagnose oftentimes they need to be in hospital for treatment and we want to get on top of it so i'd say let's um let's get some blood tests done there and try and find out what's happening and see if uh, your your mate can be helped through this absolutely and andrew um yeah we we hope we can uh, have a chat to you about your adventure in the near future I know we've gone over the whole licking of paws before and um, I've got a Maltese and it is something that he does often. But at the moment it is driving, must be driving Mm. him crazy Mm. and it's driving me crazy. He's licking them constantly at night um, and he's always got to be next to me. So he's there licking and I'm thinking, okay, this is beyond just anxiety now. Um, What can I do? I need to medicate him. Well, uh, two things. One is make sure we don't have skin disease like allergies. So Mm -hmm. a lot of dogs that are licking their paws end up either they've got a yeast infection on their feet and that's causing the the itchiness or they're putting so much moisture onto their feet they end up with a yeast infection. Right. So there are, um, well, I mean some simple things using an antifungal shampoo and you don't have to do the whole dog. You can actually just do the paws. Um, just do the paws. The other thing is that uh, for dogs that have got allergies, making sure that you've got a damp, uh, you know, washer towel or a wet wipe type thing that um, doesn't have chemicals on it. That's you can wipe their feet when they go outside. Okay. So then they come in. You're removing the any allergens on their skin. Uh, and the other thing with allergic skin disease is making sure they're getting treated for that. Otherwise. Because some dogs, you know, they've got paws, but then they've also got uh, ear problems or something. If you've done all of those things, then certainly anxiety, a lot of dogs will lick their paws as part of their anxiety. It's a displacement behavior. Their paws are right there, right in front of them, and it feels good when they do it. So they'll just do it because it makes them feel good. And that's when you get into that stage of you can either distract them by giving them something else to do and they start to think about other things rather than just feeling anxious. I'll lick my paws. And then, as you said, sometimes then we need uh, medication, okay. which 
the medication isn't designed to just stop it. It's designed to make it easier for you to train your dog. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, some good stuff. I think I'll go down the antifungal course. That's to, I would to do. Begin with. I would definitely do that anyway. Let's go to Mary now. Um, Mary, welcome to the show. You've got a question in regards to your cat today for Dr. David Tabret. Yes, I do. Thank you. Um, I have a kitten who's about to turn one next um, in a couple of weeks. Um, when she came to me as a three-month-old, she was on a raw diet, and it's a raw diet. I, I ran it by my vet. It's one that I make up myself, so get the meat and the bones and the muscle meat and add all the supplements and everything. Um, but I've just I've never been able to get her fussed on it enough <laughs> that she would eat it. Um, I also have an old boy who's in end-stage renal disease and on KD diet, and she, the little one will quite happily just subsist on what bits of his bland, boring KD she can get, yep. <laughs> sneak under his head and everything, um, to the point where she was actually starting to feel a bit bony, um, and I've had to give in and just give her normal commercial food. Um, but, you know, I, you know we, we, we give ourselves good quality whole food and I wanted to be able to do that for my pets as well. So I guess the, the question is, um, number one, do you feel there's benefit in the in a good quality raw diet? But also, how do you get a cat to eat what it doesn't want to eat if it's being that stubborn that it will nearly starve itself? Okay. So a um, couple of things. One is that uh, the raw meat diet itself, if properly balanced, isn't a problem. Okay, and having it assessed by a vet is, uh, you know, almost, I'm not going to say mandatory because obviously you can go and do things, but I think it takes out a lot of the concerns that we might have related to various nutrients. And there are veterinary nutritionists who will, for a service, analyse the diet that you propose to feed. Um, There are a couple of concerns. One is with regards to certain parasites. So if the meat is not cooked, uh, we need to know that it's uh, you know certain quality of uh, food that we're giving so that we reduce the risk of parasites. The other question you asked then is about um, you know if your cat doesn't want to eat it, how do you get them to eat it? Uh, yeah, I think if anyone's got any secrets to that one, they can let us know because cats are notoriously fussy, of course. And I think in the meantime, then you get the problem that you've had where your cat says, "Well, I'll just go and eat this other food." you might want to have a backup with a more rounded food because KD is not a great food long-term for an animal that doesn't have kidney disease. Yeah. Hello, we're talking pet chat. Wonderful to have your company. And welcome to the show, Amanda. Uh, You've got a question about your cat for Dr. David Tabret. Well, actually, I don't have a um, question. Um, I I was just going to say that when I had a cat, She used to claw me when I was trying to give her a tablet. So what I did was I wrapped her up in a bundle with a towel so no, none of her paws could get out to claw me. Ah. That's not bad. Now, this this is a very, very interesting point, Amanda, because you have basically done what we call, and we use this in our hospital, it's called a kitty burrito. (laughs) (laughs) Because you wrap them up like a burrito. Yeah, That's right. and, and yeah, if you have a look, and you can actually go online, and now Amanda's known this intuitively, but if you go onto YouTube and look up low stress handling, which is a basically a copyrighted term, okay, or fear free, and cat handling, 
you can find uh, these techniques. And we have, uh, we did this quite a few years ago. Is uh, We did all our hospital staff. We did a low stress handling certification program and people had to do exams and they had to be videoed and assessed. And there are a variety of techniques where we use towels. And if all you want to do is say, give them a pill, then you do this kitty burrito. We can actually do it where we just want, um, you know, we want one leg out or a back leg yeah. or so that you you can access any part and your cat won't scratch you. Just don't use the good towels because they might don't get shredded. Towels. <laughs> yeah, look, it is, and te- it is quite a technically difficult technique to do. Um, it's you can get it wrong. Kitty and swaddle. You think they well, you think you've got them swaddled, and then next thing you know, they're out. Yeah. Okay. Let's go to Kelly now. Kelly, welcome. You've got a cat that started scratching recently. No, she's actually started to bite me for oh. some reason. Oh dear. Yeah. When is she biting yeah. you, Kelly? Uh, sometimes when she's just sitting on my lap, I'll be patting her. Right. Um, and then she often she doesn't sleep with me at night, but in the morning she'll come in and she just starts to bite my arm or my hand. Okay. She's only just started in the last probably six to eight months. And how old is she's, she? Uh, she'd probably be getting on to about six. Okay. Do you have any other? Um, any other cats or dogs in the house? No, no. no? Okay, she's the cat but in she's the house. just started doing it. So yeah, she doesn't bite um, hard, but yes. um, sometimes she might like really bite hard. She's just sort of nipping all the time. Yeah, there's always a bit of a joke about cats: is you can pat them two and a half times, <laughs> um, yeah. and because you know twice they're happy, and the third time they'll turn around and say that's enough. Um, and but that's not even, when I'm not even patting her either, she'll, she'll just bite Right. Me. A lot of cats will do this as a play behaviour. So they'll, uh-huh. they'll hide, they'll pounce, you'll see them with their tail, they'll crouch down and then they launch themselves at your ankles or anything. Um, and so we often treat it as if it's a, part, uh, a way that they're acting out their boredom. And there are yeah. actually some good cat toys where uh, you have to interact with the cat in a way and when i say cat toys not that they just you leave them with the cat because cats require movement and they require um unpredictable movement um so there are a number of those things that you can get that'll actually help you give your cat some activity give your cat stimulation Uh, and a good one is even just to use a little uh you can get the laser pointers um and you put play them on the wall with the cat and you do that for five minutes, the cat gets so tired, come back half an hour later, do it again. You do it three times, they're not going to bother you after that. <laughs> they're going to yeah. be asleep. Yeah, because they just get so excited and they love it and they play. Um, we use a little like fishing line thing with a little feather on the end. Oh, yes, yes. And, and it's a stretchy one. Yep. And the, we play that with the cat and she plays for like five minutes and then she goes, oh, that's enough. It's a great idea. And those laser lights, and I'm not saying this to be funny, they work with kids too. They chase them around the room and then they get really tired too. <laughs> <laughs> it's a win-win. That's <laughs> uh, true. Well it's done. It's really true. All right, look, I think that's all we've got time for today. For Pet Chat, Cheryl Shaw, Dr. David Tabret, thank you no both so thank much. You. Lovely. Thanks for listening to this podcast from 2NURFM at the University of Newcastle. Topics range from gardening to health, well-being, pet care, finance, business and travel. You'll find them all at 2NURFM.com.